Good evening, good afternoon, good morning, whichever is right for you, wherever you are, whenever you are. Welcome to another episode of Marriage and Family Clinic. Whether you're listening from a state other than Virginia, you may be in Virginia, or other countries other than the United States of America, I want to welcome each of you, every one of you. You're listening to us on WGPL, WPCE, and WBXB AM here in Southern Virginia, Northeastern North Carolina. You can also hear us on the internet at www.christianbroadcasting.com. And as always, if you would like to hear this or any other broadcast, you can find them in the podcast by searching The C.D. Hodges. The C.D. Hodges. You can search The C.D. Hodges on iTunes or any podcast player on your smart device and you'll find Marriage and Family Clinic. Uh, I always say welcome to listeners all over the world, even from countries other than the United States of America, because my podcasts are getting some hits from Ireland, from Australia, from Japan, from from several other countries. Man, I'm tremendously grateful for that. So if you're out there tuning in to us, wherever you're tuning in, around the world, around the country, each and every state of the union, uh, please do me a favor. Email me at cdhodges at hotmail.com. Let me know you're listening to us. Let me know you hear us. Or fa- inbox me on Facebook, Bishop Carl Hodges. You can find me one way or another. Just let me know if we're doing you any good. Let me know if I'm wasting your time. And by all means, certainly, if you have a question you'd like for us to deal with, send that in. If you have a subject you'd like for us to discuss, send that in. We'll definitely get to it. But welcome again to this episode of Marriage and Family Clinic. You know, Marriage and Family Clinic, we're here to help you break down and gain enlightenment into your relationship dynamics. We hope to help you identify what makes you tick and ultimately help you repair, grow, and perfect your marriage and family relationships. We want to hear from you. Uh, Last week, I started a mini-series on the subject of sex in marriage. Sex in marriage. I made some declarations that are extremely important uh, if you and I plan to have a loving, fulfilling sex life in our marriages. And last week and this week, I want to stress to the greatest degree possible that sex is a gift from God. Sex is a gift from God. And when I say God, I'm talking about the creator of the universe, the one, the divine one who gave his only begotten son, Jesus the Christ, to die for our sins. That's the God I'm talking about. And I just want to make that plain because when you say God, uh, people have a way of talking about and referring to a whole lot of things. But I have to take a couple of weeks and set this up and really explain and really express just as uh, enthusiastically, just as uh, 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 sincerely as I can, that sex is a gift from God. And that's important because you won't get what you're supposed to get out of it if you don't recognize the purpose and the giver of the gift. All right. Sex is a gift from God, and as such, sex is spiritual. And so i got to take a couple of weeks and set this up. And that means that God has the right to determine the purpose of sex, to give us guidance on how to engage in sex, and certainly to set expectations for our benefit from sex. That's God's prerogative because it's His gift. It's His gift to us to use for His glory. God is the giver of sex, the author, the originator of sex. And if we're going to be right in relationship with Him, Uh, then we need to use sex in a way that serves His divine will. 
And you better rest assured that when we serve his divine will, it also serves our human good. So I want to stress just as deeply and sincerely as I can the fact that sex is a gift from God. Last week I also said to you that Adam knew Eve and she had children. And I defined the word new as a Bible word for sex. And why does the word why does the Bible use the word know or new to refer to sex? Well, keep in mind that sex is a tool that God gave us to build intimacy. So sex is a way of us to communicate ourselves to our spouses. Sex is a way that we communicate our commitment. We communicate ourselves. We communicate our secrets. We communicate our character. We communicate who we are through sex. And so God gave us sex that we might communicate to each other our deepest secrets and really come to know each other on a deeper level. So our spouses get to know us in sex. And that's why the Bible says Adam knew Eve. It was sex that brought them close, that knitted them together in mind, in soul, and in spirit. Sex brought them together, tied them together, knotted them together, and they knew each other. And so the Bible speaks of sex as knowing. And that's just in case you're looking for a word other than make love. <laughs> We talked about that make love last week too. Uh, listen back at that if you want to hear that. Uh, so, and today I have a uh, what I think is a really special gift for you, a really special blessing. Uh, I want to talk about the the sex prayer. I want to talk about the sex prayer. Uh, yeah, a prayer about sex. And and you know you may ask the question. What can I pray about? Or is there anything that I should not pray about? Well, if you're engaged in anything, any uh, activity, any leisure, any fun, any work, any activity, if you're engaged in anything and you feel that you cannot pray about it, either you're wrong about what it means to pray or you're in the wrong activity. You ought to be able to pray about anything that you do. You ought to be able to lift that up to God. All right. And so we definitely want to lift our sex life up to God. That's a way that we come together and we glorify God together as husband and wife. So today, a special gift I have for you is the sex prayer, as I call it. And sometimes in my premarital counseling, I use a book by Wes Roberts and H. Norman Wright called Before You Say I Do. Uh, the title of that book is Before You Say I Do, and that book is uh, it's comprised of several subjects that a, a, a prospective husband and wife ought to have serious discussions on before they say I do. So it's a good book for premarital counseling. I share that with all my ministers out there, whether you're a pastor, an elder, or, or whatever the case may be. If you need a good some good material for premarital counseling, look up the book Before You Say I Do. And in that book, there's a section on sex that includes a prayer. And this prayer is written in the form of a poem. And it's written by Harry Hollis. It comes from, it's drawn from a book by Harry Hollis called Thank God for Sex. I need to read that whole book, but uh, Thank God for Sex. So, and, and I want to take just a moment and read to you uh, what I call the sex prayer. 
And listen real closely as I go over it. Lord, it's hard to know what sex really is. Is it some demon put here to torment me? Or some delicious seducer from reality? Is it neither of these, Lord? I know what sex is. It is body and spirit. It is passion and tenderness. It is strong embrace and gentle holding. It is open nakedness and hidden mystery. It is joyful tears on honeymoon faces. And it is tears on wrinkled faces at a golden wedding anniversary. Sex is a quiet look across the room, a love note on a pillow, a rose laid on a breakfast plate, laughter in the night. Sex is life, not all of life, but wrapped up in the meaning of life. Sex is your good gift, O oh God, to enrich life, to continue the race, to communicate, to show me who I am to reveal my mate, to cleanse through one flesh. Lord, some people say sex and religion don't mix, but your word says sex is good. Help me to keep it good in my life. Help me to be open about sex and still protect its mystery. Help me to see sex is neither demon nor deity, Help me not to climb into a fantasy world of imaginary sexual partners. Keep me in the real world to love the people you have created. Teach me that my soul does not have to frown at sex for me to be a Christian. It's hard for many people to say thank God for sex because for them, sex is more a problem than a gift. They need to know that sex and gospel can be linked together again. They need to hear the good news about sex. Show me how I can help them. Thank you, Lord, for making me a sexual being. Thank you for letting me talk to you about sex. Thank you that I feel free to say, Thank God for sex. Wow. That's awesome. That's called the sex prayer. Well, I titled it the sex prayer. But again, you'll find that in, in uh, the book written by Harry Hollis entitled, Thank God for Sex. Uh, I usually carry that to me when I conduct marriage and family seminars or workshops. I usually present that and, and allow people to take that away with them. I think it's worth reading. I think it's worth hearing. It certainly sounded really sweet. And it really touches on everything about sex. It touches on everything about sex. And that's why I read it. I took the time to read the sex prayer to you for a reason. I know calling this the sex prayer sounds a little weird. But that's what it is. It's a prayer about sex. And the reason I'm spending time on this sex prayer is the same reason a prayer on sex sounds weird. We don't associate sex with God. And that's the weird thing about sex. It's, it's, sex has this taboo about it. Sex has this, this mysterious quality about it. Sex, it makes you giggle immaturely when you're growing up. It's, a, it's all because we don't associate sex with God. 
We don't see sex as a gift from God. And I remind you what I've said last week and what I keep on saying. Your sexuality is a gift from God. Your sex life, sex is a gift from God. And you should surrender your entire sex life to God and allow Him to expand your understanding of the gift. This sex prayer is powerful. And I think my favorite part in the, is the uh, section that says, Sex is a quiet look across the room. A love note on a pillow. A rose laid on a breakfast plate. Laughter in the night. Sex. Sex is life. Not all life. But wrapped up in the meaning of life. Sex is your gift, O oh God, to enrich life. To continue the race. To communicate. To show me who I am. To reveal my mate. To cleanse through one flesh. That is so beautiful. And, and you know what? I think I'm going to maintain and just keep that one paragraph right there above all else. I'm always going to have that with me because it describes so wonderfully what sex Sex, you, you, you're having sex way before you get into bed together. That's what the paragraph is saying. A husband and a wife, when you look across the room, you're in a, you're in a banquet hall, there's a dinner of uh, uh, hundreds of people are there, or you're in a church service, or he's sitting in a pulpit, she's sitting in a pew, or vice versa, one side of the church from the other. And I don't mean to uh, uh, be sacrilegious about church, but, but when a husband and a wife look across a room and their eyes catch each other, and all the thoughts about their love begin to cross their mind. Folks, they're having sex. They're, I, can't put it, I can't put it any better than that. They're having sex already because they're drawn to one another. They're building intimacy with one another. They're getting to know one another. And so sex, can, we can broaden the definition, broaden the application of sex. Cause it to mean more than just climbing in the bed and having physical activity. But it is that love note on a pillow. That rose laid on a breakfast plate. Laughter in the night. That's what sex is. It's all about reaching out and expressing love in ways that built intimacy. Reaching out. And expressing love in ways that said to your spouse, I'm yours and you're mine. No one shall I want beside. Sex is your life. It's not all of your life, but it's wrapped up in the meaning of life. And it is a gift from God. It is a gift from God. And you know, maybe we wouldn't have so much extramarital sex. Maybe we wouldn't have so much premarital sex if we really considered the sacred nature of sex. It's sacred in its nature. And because it's so sacred, because it's so powerful, I'm not surprised at all that the enemy, the devil, the dragon, the accuser of the brethren, Satan, has devised all kinds of tricks to deceive us into seeking sex outside of marriage. Because sex is one gift that God has given us to build intimacy 
to, with each other to cleanse us through becoming one flesh. We have the meaning and the purpose of sex carefully packaged in this one section of the sex prayer. When it says sex is life but not all life, it actually reiterates what I said last week. Sex is not the end of all. Sex is not the end goal of a relationship. And that's where we fail in relationships. And that's why when once you have sex, it seems like there's nowhere to go in the relationship. Because you've made sex the end goal. Sex is not the end of all. Sex is not the end goal in a relationship. But rather, sex is a means to an end. It's a crucial means, but a means to an end nonetheless. The end is that intimacy that binds a husband and wife together and cleanses them through making them one flesh. That's the end goal. And sex helps it. And I know sex can be frustrating it can be stressful. It can be filled with tension. It's totally understandable if the subject of sex is the source of some stress and uneasiness in your marriage relationship. And one of the many reasons for this is that we're just not taught sex. We're not taught sex. Sex is not a subject we encounter on a daily basis as we grow in childhood. You know, you you taught how to play ball. You just learned some things by watching, looking, and listening. Sex doesn't come to us that way. For so many of us, for most of us, I dare say, sex came through trial and error, on-the-job training, as it were. And even when the adults around us would turn towards this, the direction of the subject of sex, children may be required to leave the room or don't answer. On top of that, somehow we learn from church. Somehow we learn that we don't bring the subject of sex in church. And we even learn in church that there's something wrong with sex. We don't learn and we're not taught the subject of sex like we learn and like we're taught other things that are normally included in our growth and learning process. But I want you to know that if you're experiencing frustration, if you're experiencing stress, tension, or whatever in your sexual relationship, I want to help you with a couple of things you can do to help yourself. I want to give you a couple of ways you can help yourself. The first, you and your wife, or just you, the first thing you got to do is talk with a Christian counselor. Talk with a Christian counselor. Get rid of your pride. Talk with a counselor. Sex is one of the many situations and dynamics that occur in our marriages and families that we don't seem to be able to resolve. It's just one of many issues. You got more. Sex is right up there with them. The right counselor or the right other third party can play a vital role, a very important role in your resolution process. So talk to a counselor. Talk to a counselor. The second thing you can do to help yourself resolve frustrations and resolve stresses and uneasiness in the area of sex is learn how to talk to each other. You're not going to get to where you want to be. You're not going to have your dream sex life unless you learn how to talk to each other. There's always going to be frustration, stresses, and uneasiness in the area of sex until you learn how to talk with each other. And this will actually be the most important thing to do in settling your sexual uneasiness. Learn how to talk with each other. Now, you may even have to go to a counselor by yourself.
to grow yourself to get to a place where you can have an open, honest, meaningful conversation about sexual intimacy with your spouse. So in other words, you got to deal with yourself. You have to deal with yourself to get ready to talk to your spouse. Just as I've already stated, sex is just not something we're used to. If you're going to try those, start off with something small. When you're going to talk to each other, start off with something small. Don't try to psychoanalyze each other. Sigmund Freud is dead and gone. Don't do it. But get yourself ready. Work on yourself and get yourself ready to present to your spouse a humble, prepared you so that the two of you can talk about the subject of sex. Now, it, it, it's a good idea uh, to spend some time talking to yourself about your notions about sex prior to talking to your spouse. That's what I'm saying. Figure out You got to figure out how you feel and what you think about sex. What is your sexual modus operandi? What is your sexual MO, so to speak? You've got to figure these things out. Once you've figured yourself out, then you engage your spouse in conversation. Go to the counselor by yourself if need be. Work on yourself. Get in the mirror. Do some mirror time. Ask yourself. Talk to yourself about those difficult questions. And once you've figured yourself out, then engage your spouse in conversation about the subject of sex. Raising your own level of sexual awareness will help you be able to help your spouse rather than be a hindrance to the intimacy in your marriage that you so deeply desire. Help your spouse by first helping yourself. Raise your own level of sexual awareness. And please understand that both of you have different understandings, different expectations, different desires, different goals and drives. Men and women are just different. Again, I don't care what nobody say. Men and women are just different. For example, men tend to want sex for physical pleasure and release. While women tend to want sex for building the relationship and security. I'll bet you anything that most men and most women will agree with that. There's always exceptions. But that's generally how it goes. Sex tells her she's the one and only. No, I was watching a movie a few days ago. And a 13-year-old girl was having sex with a thug man in his 20s. Uh, he didn't care anything about her. He just wanted sex. And she thought she was going for the love. The girl got pregnant and uh, 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 swore up and down. I mean, she swore up and down that she was the only one important to him and that he loved her and, and that when she told him she was pregnant, he was just going to fall all out all happy and glad. I mean, she thought she was really the one when in reality, he was just using her for fun. The girl interpreted sex as love and security, but he was just having fun getting a release. So it's going to be critical for partners in a marriage to talk about and communicate about sexual intimacy. Here are some ideas that uh, uh, to talk to yourself about before you talk to your spouse. Talk to yourself about the way you initiate sexual intimacy. Definitely talk to yourself about the frequency and timing of sexual intimacy. Talk about how the frequency and how the timing of sexual intimacy affects both of you. Is your favorite time in the morning or at night? What about hers? Talk to yourself. Get to know what are your expectations. What do I feel? Your expectations, excuse me. What do you feel? 
Talk to yourself about foreplay. You know, in sex, and we'll probably get to this again on another session, but sex is not all about you being pleased. Sex is about you being content, bringing pleasure to your spouse. Talk about the amount of foreplay, the variety of foreplay. What kind of foreplay goes into your sexual in intimacy? And honestly talk to yourself about your level of satisfaction in sex. And after you have dealt with yourself, I mean really dealt with yourself. Don't play with it. Get in the mirror. Be serious about it. Deal with yourself. After you've done that, then you can talk to your husband and you can talk to your wife about these concepts. Any of these subjects may begin as a molehill and then turn into a mountain if not tended to. And that's why I know, I know that a lot of us, you won't tell anybody through pride, through embarrassment, uh, fear of being humiliated and rejected, whatever the case may be. But so many of us have pent up frustrations, <clears throat> uneasiness, sexual tension, all sorts of uneasinesses going on. Why? Because of these areas that we're not able to discuss with each other. We're not able to resolve them on our own. We have too much fear and pride to take them to someone else. The two of you need to discuss how you initiate sex, the frequency of sex, when and where of the sex. You are two individuals and you bring two different views into the marriage. So don't be surprised if both of you are not thinking the same thing. You're not thinking the same thing. Don't be surprised by that. And this is really true when the subject of foreplay comes up. Men generally don't need a lot of foreplay. And a woman is just the opposite. And women, you'll probably wave your hand high in the air and shout amen when I say that for him, I mean, he can just jump up and go at any moment at the drop of a hat. But you need a little foreplay. Finding the right balance or finding what's right for your marriage requires both of you engaging the other in discussion. The reason you have worked on yourself and discussed these matters with yourself first is so that you can let your guard down and receive what very well may be different ideas from your spouse and not feel all insecure. That's why you got to work on yourself. You got to build yourself up to receive what your spouse is going to give to you and not feel all insecure and then fire back. It may be necessary for one or both of you to announce, I'm not satisfied. You got to work on yourself and get yourself built up and ready for the conversation. So that, that if you do hear that from your husband, if you do hear that from your wife, such a statement won't turn into a threat because of insecurity. These are critical areas for discussion. They'll go a long, long way to helping you resolve your sexual stress and tension. Being able to talk about sexual intimacy in your relationship will lead to increased intimacy, increased enhanced enjoyment of sexual activity. This communication in your marriage about sex may one day save your marriage. When life happens, as it always will, it's going to affect your sex life. Loss of a job, failure to find a job or a job similar in prominence, shattered egos. So much more can affect your outlook, your energy level, your attitude, your desire. Change 
Life happens and it will affect your sex life. As a result, changes may slip upon you. And if you're not careful, the two of you will blame each other for something that neither of you really have control over. Let me say this this way. That old spiritual enemy, the devil, will be right there when life happens. He'll be right there to exploit your misfortune and help magnify your lack of knowledge of what you're going through. This communication, this good communication, honest communication about sexual intimacy, this may be one tool that will help us save our marriages. Listen, I'm, I'm just about to run out of time here, but I, I want you to remember we talked to you about the love prayer. If you'd like to get a copy of that, just let me know. Email me, cdhodges at hotmail.com. As always, I'm enlisting you to communicate with me. If you want a copy of that love prayer, just email me at cdhodges at hotmail.com or inbox me, hit me up on Facebook, uh, Bishop Carl Hodges. You can find me there. If you want to hear this or any other broadcast again, you can search the C.D. Hodges' podcast. Search the C.D. Hodges. Search it on iTunes or on any podcast player on your smart device. You'll find me there. You'll definitely find us there. But I really want to encourage you today, tonight, whatever day you're listening to me, if you hear me on the radio or if you're listening by podcast, I want to encourage you to know, believe, and trust that sex is a gift from God. It's a gift that God gave us to enhance marital intimacy between a man and a woman. If you remember that, have honest conversation about it, your sex life is going to be so much, much more better. I promise you that. Hey, listen again, I'm all out of time. So good to have you today. We're done. We'll be back with you on next week. Until